You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. It goes a long way. You know, there are some questions that you might not think about until someone else gets to ask that. And um, it's important that some truths are clear in your spirit. Truths will manifest stronger when it's clear within you. Amen. If you're still having questions and doubts about the truth, it could be about prosperity, finances, it could be about divine protection. When the devil sows thoughts in your mind that make you question in a way the truth, then it is robbing you of the weight of that truth or the impact of that, the full impact of that truth. What was the strategy Satan used? He said, did God say, amen, when he met Eve? Casting doubt. Did God say, I'm not saying no God say, I mean, I'm just asking, did God say, so that a cycle begins within, begins to say, why am I sure this is true? And begins to question it. So most of the time, when we gather like this and questions are asked, very important. I believe every pastor from time to time should have sessions with his members where they can ask questions. Because when they ask questions, you will know how they are interpreting what you are teaching them. Anybody that has pastored or been in ministry will tell you that one thing that will always always sadden your heart is people misinterpreting what you said. Are we together? So it's important that a pastor gets to ask. Maybe your core leaders give them opportunity to ask questions. You'll be amazed the questions you ask. My daughter, my children ask me some kind of questions. My daughter will always take advantage maybe to ask me those questions. And anytime she's asking me a scriptural question, I make sure I explain it very well. And very intelligent questions sometimes they will ask, you'll be wondering. You understand that? Does it mean that so, so, and so? Sometimes she asks me a question of something someone said in her school. And then I had to explain, no, it's not like that. It's like this. We had something like that on Saturday. You know, Sunday, was it so yesterday? Okay, after the session. She was reading the um, uh, Renaissance and You, the publication, where I was talking about moving and making 2018 better than every other year. So she said she read it and she didn't understand it. So I said, What didn't you understand? So she asked me, said, why are you using big, big words? I said, I didn't use any big word. 
She now started pointing out. What is sovereignty? I said, okay, sovereignty. I explained sovereignty. There's another word she pointed out. That's when you occurred to me that. Eh? Eh, okay, there's another word she pointed out. Another word she pointed out. So I'm like, ah, do I use big words? <laughs> Amen. You know? And so she now asked, no, or the question she was asking is now, okay, now, how do I engage the covenant? Now, what do I mean by engage? Because engage, she didn't understand how to engage the covenant. So I said to engage is to make it work, to put it to work. She said, okay, 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 okay. So you understand that? So they ask questions. And it's good to ask questions. There's a, I think it's an, uh, I don't can't remember if it's an evil proverb. It's a proverb. It says that someone that asks questions does not miss his way. Praise God. All right? So ask questions. Ask questions. Hallelujah. This morning, we want to talk about, I'll just initiate the um, topic and then we'll see how we'll go. We're talking about moving from intentions to action. Moving from intentions to actions. And um, in my earlier days in ministry, I used to be very concerned about the topics and titles or whatever it is I want to preach. So, what I mean is this was like 2000 when we started church and all that. I would feel that, I would feel if I was titling a message, I should lift the title directly from the scripture. Are you understanding me? In the sense that, let's suppose the scripture says, For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. And I want to teach on love. I must look for a scripture and then pick what the scripture said and make it title. What I later discovered was that some people who don't understand scripture language. Amen. Are we together? And it means that you keep using, just like somebody says, having a program. You know, says that. Herod must die. Some people don't know who Herod is. Amen. Are you as enemy? Who is Herod? 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 Who is Herod? Then you want them to come. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You know, they pick something from scripture. They now say, the year King Uzziah died conference. First, they don't know who King Uzziah is. Amen. And you, you know, when you start, you, you could be pastoring for long that you are around Christians so long that you don't even think like an unbeliever anymore. Are you understanding me? So it doesn't occur to you that they don't even know what they are talking about. We were doing um, ministry in London and then I, I sat with people that I taught God's word. And I found that they don't even know most of the Bible characters. Are we together? You could be telling a story about something. How he slew a thousand men. They say, Are you sure it's not Tarzan? They don't know that. Praise God. And so I found out that ah, if I want that person to understand what I'm saying, 
I have to be able to translate what the scripture is saying in a language he understands. Amen. Are we together? So you might even be wanting to teach someone about how to set goals. And you title it pressing toward the mark. Conference. Because that is a phrase that was used in the King James. So, when we start talking about moving from intentions to actions, praise God, it's just another way of saying something the scripture had already said. Amen. Is that understood? And But I believe that that awakens an interest because all of us agree that we have intentions. All of us agree that we want to see those intentions manifest. And so there is a process that makes your intentions become a reality. Alright? And then that's major thing we want to look at today. I have a couple of scriptures I want to read. But let's look at Mark eleven twenty-four. I start with something very simple. In Mark eleven twenty-four, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, What things soever ye desire. That means God already made provision for our desires. Another word for desire is intention. Amen. He now said, when ye pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In this scripture, it's already showing you a process. He's saying that what things soever you, he didn't say what God desires. You, the individual, what you desire. He didn't say if you pray. Meaning that he's saying that there should be no desire that comes to you that should not go through the process of prayer. Hallelujah. He now says when you pray. This scripture already implies that God expects that we have a vital relationship with him. And so we are always talking to him. Amen. Maybe the scripture doesn't know that some of us pray once a week. Praise God. Maybe the scripture did not assume that somebody will pray once a month. It assumes that as the desire is coming, you will be talking to God about it. That you share your intentions with the Lord in prayer. Because the word when... Changes the game. If he said if, glory to God. He said when ye pray. Then he says believe that you receive the desires. And you shall have them. That means that. Desiring something. Does not automatically mean you will have it. Am I communicating? Having an intention. Does not automatically mean that there will be a manifestation. And there's nobody sitting here that doesn't agree with that because there are intentions you've had that have still not happened. 
I don't know about you, but I have intentions that might not have happened yet. Are you understanding me? So, what the scripture is showing us here is that there is a way that intangible desires can become tangible manifestation, reality. Are you understanding me? That's what this scripture shows to us. But I want to go to the book of Romans 7 and then we'll take it from there. that scripture to show you something I read verse 5 and then I read um, verse 18 praise God now this was Paul talking about the struggle a man that has not engaged the love the spirit of life is having, you know, trying to obey God's will. Okay, but I want to draw something from here. He says, For when we were in the flesh, he said, The motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Did you see that? When we were, we are not in the flesh. Amen. When we were. He's showing you a process. Are you understanding me? When we were in the flesh, the emotions, he called it the emotions. There was a working of sin within us. Which did work in our members to bring forth fruits unto death. Now, if we look at the scripture the other way, now that we are in the spirit. The emotions of righteousness, amen, which is by grace, amen, is working in our members to bring forth fruit unto life. Are you with me? Now, that means that there are internal workings that become fruits. Are you with me? Okay? Now, when you, before you got born again, something was working, called it emotions of sin. And so you see a man, remember a story, I remember a story of a young man that um, in our former, 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 our first venue, you know, church, he was, he was a cult boy, you know, um, young guy that was in a cult, like a leader of a cult, and then the rival gang attacked him, you know, he was badly injured. So while he was recuperating, they used to come and smoke in their home near where, near church. So one of those days, I was alone in the office and I saw him. So I called him. He had a bandage of it on his hand where they injured him and all that. So he came, I sat him down, and I started sharing the gospel with him. And then I told him something. I said that what they did to you, don't go and retaliate. Because you might not come out of it. So I was talking to him and talking to him. He listened to me, you know. Then he left. Maybe two weeks, one month, I can't remember how long now, after we spoke, they were playing um, snooker somewhere. And the guy said, the owner of the place said, it's not his turn. I said, it's not his turn. He said, it's my turn. The guy said, go move, it's not your turn. According to the story. As the guy said, move. 
he brought out a knife from his pocket and stabbed the guy on the neck and the guy died instantly. When he stabbed the guy, he said, which thing do you mean this kind of thing? Are you understanding me? That is not what he intended to do. Are you understanding me? He didn't intend to kill him. But there are motions of sin. Amen. Walking in his members. Bringing forth fruits unto death. He didn't even run at first. He was just walking. No. He was just talking like that. Walking. Even when they came to arrest him. That's not what he planned to do. Am I communicating? But the motions of sin. Walking within his members brought forth fruit unto death. Now we are born again. Amen. There are motions of righteousness. Walking within our members to bring forth fruit unto life. Now, let me explain something to you about these motions. The motions of sin are bringing forth fruit unto death. Meaning that the thing that Satan has in his mind is what is coming out of that life. Are you understanding me? So the motions of sin are going to bet Satan's agenda. In the same way, there are motions of righteousness working in you to birth the agenda of heaven. Amen. Are we together? To birth the agenda of heaven. Now, what I'm saying this is that intentions from the Holy Spirit drop in your spirit. Glory to God. They might not come with, I am the Lord, I change it not. Are you understanding me? They might not come with flashes of visions, but it will drop as thoughts. Am I communicating? In your heart. I feel that as we are starting this discussion, you know, it's important to be able to decide between what I feel is a genuine intention I should pursue and an intention I shouldn't pursue. Alright? Last month, we were not talking about intentions. No. We are talking about being intentional in ministry. Amen. That's what we are talking about. What we are dealing with was that, look, don't do ministry like someone that is beating the air. Amen. Do ministry like someone that is running to win. Glory to God. And that's what we're talking about. But today, what we're dealing with now is that the intentions, those righteous motions, amen, at work within you, how do you bet them? Am I communicating? Now, all of you here, especially those of you that are ministers and all that, you have many fantastic ideas. Hallelujah. You might have shared with people and they will say, Wow. And then one year later, they are still saying, wow. And two years later, they are still saying, wow. Until you yourself, you are no more wild, but others are still wild. And it's not happening. Today, the Spirit of God will instill the discipline within you to move from intentions to actions. Amen. Amen. So, I showed you a scripture. I started from there. And that was from Mark 11. You cannot judge an intention without taking it through the place of prayer. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And I say, I say this to you. If intention comes, I, I love the ministry of Paul. Paul understood something about the workings of God in his life. Paul was totally dependent on the Holy Spirit, but he believed in the principle of go except you are stopped. Amen. Did you hear me? Go, except you are stopped. So he saw him going to a region, Maisha, and the Holy Ghost forbade him. That means that 
He's the one that decided to go. Glory to God. And the Holy Ghost forbade him. Don't go. Then he yielded to the Holy Spirit. Am I communicating? But that's not my subject of discussion now. What I'm focused on here is this. That for you, the prayer must not necessarily be a one week or one month prayer. I don't know how some other people pray. But I believe that I could drop this microphone and sit down there and start talking to God. Hallelujah. About a concern. Lord, I don't know how to go about this matter. What was so, 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 so. You understand that? I believe in that. Different from when I'm praying in tongues about an issue. Am I communicating? So, what things soever you desire, when intentions, listen, intentions come to your heart. Some of you write out your intentions. You write them out. Good practice. But have you prayed about them? Amen. Have you prayed about them? Father, Lord, look at the thought that has come to my heart. I want to build this. I want to do that. Something as basic as that. I want to do this. I want to go about this. I want to go that. In the mistake a lot of believers make is that when intentions come, they first discuss it with the people. Amen. Run say, hey, I have this idea. They share with somebody. And then share with another person, I have this idea. But there was someone with you when the idea came. Amen. Are we together? There was someone with you when the idea came. You didn't talk to him. Glory to God. And you are talking to someone else that doesn't have the authority to empower the idea. Amen. So to speak, glory to God. Or make it happen. I found out that most of the big things that some people have done didn't happen because it, it came to them in a spectacular way. It, some just came. Uh, you heard the story about uh, Isaac Newton, how he started pursuing those laws of motion. Yeah, he was sitting under a tree and an apple fell on his head. Maybe a Nigerian man would say, they don't send them, they don't send them, they don't send them. You understand that? An apple fell on his head. Then he started trying to find out why. Are you understanding me? Study started. It was something simple. Glory to God. So the intentions that will actually change things in your life might not come with wings. Are you understanding me? It might just come as a small thought in your mind. Because there's such a thing as the seed principle of the kingdom. Every big thing in the kingdom actually starts in seed form. Amen. So that intention is the seed already in your heart. Glory to God. It has come. Now what do you do with it? Glory to God. What do you do with it? And I'm saying, the first thing to do is to pray about it. And I've been there sometimes where I just prayed about something first. And then in that place of prayer, it just was extinguished. The fire of the intention was quenched. Are you understanding me? Then I've been in places where I prayed about something and it started growing in my heart. Are you listening to me? It started growing in my heart. I finished praying then and maybe I just turned on the television to check the news. I'm sitting down there. That intention that I just prayed about now, something on TV will be showing, pointing me again to that matter. Are you understanding me? I switch on the TV. I enter my car. I'm driving out. I'll see something on the road again. Are you getting me? So, you begin to see that if it's an intention that the Spirit of God is leading you on, all the circumstances around you will be talking in that direction. Are you understanding me? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. But that will happen when you filter the intention in the place of prayer. Prayer is the filter for every intention. 
you don't know whether it's a good intention or a bad intention until you pray. You want to marry a second wife, take it to the place in prayer. Amen. Uh, are you with me? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Father Lord. And then in that place of prayer, the Holy Ghost will correct you. Is that not so? That's why the prayer is important. And that's why it's the first part of call. To pray about it. When I, um, what I had in mind was that when we get here, we'll just spend a minute or two and pray about our intentions and then we continue. You know, just like a practical workshop session. Maybe we'll do that. So, do you have, how many of you have intentions in your heart? Amen. Have intentions. It could be an intention for ministry. It could be an intention for business. It could be an intention for something personal for marriage. It could be an intention. It could be anything. It's an intention. It's a desire. There are words in scripture that the principle is the same, but there are different words used. Let me use another one. Lost. Everybody say lost. Lost is an intention. It's a desire. But lost is used when the desire is a wrong one. Amen. Are we together? So, but the scripture gives us the process of lost in James. So you can use that process and see how to bet intentions. Glory to God. Are you with me? Your pastors, you know what I'm talking about. So the scripture talks about how lost produces deaths at the end. It's the same way that when that right intention goes through the process, it produces life at the end. Amen. Why is it important that you pray about the intention first? Because if you don't pray about it and you start feeding it, it will grow. Are you listening to me? But yet, God didn't send you on that path. But it will grow. But by praying about it, what has happened is that you are now sure. You know, when people, um, there are some people that are very gifted, you know, I call it the burden of creativity. Where intentions, they don't come one, two. Are you understanding me? They come myriads of intentions. Are you understanding me? 20 intentions on your heart at the same time. 40 intentions on your heart at the same time. Say, I'm just thinking of starting something that will just be packaging shirts for people. Then I was also thinking about a car wash. Then I was, have you met people like that? Uh-huh. How you solve that problem? Because let me tell you one thing. Sometimes, when the intentions are so many, you now become a double-minded man. Amen. And double-mindedness is something you should never allow in your life. It robs you of speed and it robs you of getting the best out of anything you are doing. So, how you ensure that you don't come to a place where you are double-minded is by praying about intentions as they are coming. Amen. As they are coming. In essence, I'm teaching you a new habit. Amen. Praying about intentions as they're coming. And then the priority intention will now be clear to you. And that's the one that you put your mind on. Are we together? And allow and feed 
to grow. Can we just take five minutes and just pray? I don't know what intentions you have for this year. Amen. But I believe you have intentions. Glory to God. You have intentions. I just take four or five minutes. Just pray specifically about those intentions. Say, Lord, this is my desire. This has nothing to do with what God has told you. So just a thought that came to your mind. Talk to God about it. You could just walk around and tell him about it. Just pray. Just spend some time and pray about it. And let's filter this intention. Just voice those intentions. As, as naked as intentions are, voice them like that. Don't try to quote them. Just voice them as they are. Oh, I have this intention to do this. I have this intention to do that. Lord, I'm bringing this intention to you. I'm committing. That scripture says, commit your ways unto the Lord. And your thoughts shall be established. That's what I was trying to say. So you commit it to the Lord. Lord, I have this intention in my mind. I have this in my mind. Lord, it has been coming to me. I don't know if you are the one leading me. Talk to him. Just plainly as it is. We give you praise. We give you glory. We bless your name, O oh God. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to bring our desires to you in prayer. Amen.
Sit down. Thank you. Now, there's a scripture that says that you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might have the promise. Amen. What it means is that sometimes where we pray about something and then we're in a hurry. Glory to God. You just initiated the process. That, you know what? That's what you've just done. Some of you will live here and then in some cases a particular intention will just die. Are you understanding me? Why in some other cases as you live here it will be fueled. Amen. Life, it, it will be amplified. Okay? And then you're observing. You're observing. You're observing. You know that thing that Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Some people, I don't know how some people think about it. You know, watch and pray, you know what it means? It means watch and pray. <laughs> it means that as you are praying, be observing how things are turning out. Don't pray blindly. As you are praying, be observing how things are. So you know what to pray. So you have prayed now. Then you will watch how things are turning out. Are you listening to me? Then you are praying. This watch is not just a physical watch. You're watching with spiritual understanding. Are we together? We saw watch and pray happen with Elijah and his servants. Amen. He came out and said, go and check if there's any cloud. The guy went and said, nothing. He started praying. After a while, seven times. Remember that? He was watching. There's something he was looking for. The moment he said, I saw a feast, a cloud like the, a, a man's feast, then he knew it was done. He stopped praying. Are we together? So he was watching and pray. Glory to God. So can we move further? Alright, now, there are many routes we can pass, but let me just go in a way that will achieve a lot. I don't know how the evening session will be. You know, one of the things the Holy Spirit does in your life. You've read the scripture, John 6, 63, where the Bible says that it is the Spirit that gives life. He said, For the flesh profited nothing, for it is the Spirit that gives life. Amen. You know, you know the scripture. Good. What that scripture implies is that everything the Holy Ghost wants to do in your life starts with an intention. Hallelujah. It starts with an intention. It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought. Are you listening to me? It starts with a thought. Now, what happens is that that intention or that thought, after a while, for some of you, it becomes a picture inside you. You were using that language earlier. If there is no picture, when the Spirit of God moves, there is nothing to animate. Amen. Are you listening to me? There is nothing to give life to. So, 
you pray about the intention. This first process of praying is you are filtering the intention to be sure whether it's something you should pursue or not. When it is now clear to you that it's something to pursue, praise God. Okay? Something now happens. A picture starts forming about how the thing will be. Amen. It's no more just a thought, an image. Um, the word imagination, of course, you know the root word is image. All right? So a picture forms. It's not just like, um, you know, somebody can say, I want to have a shop. But it doesn't have a picture of how the shop is going to be. Are you listening to me? Okay? You don't have a picture of how the shop is going to be. So I say, um, I want to... I want to start um, an outreach ministry. How will it be? I don't have any picture yet. But it's clear that that is what I'm supposed to be doing. After knowing that that intention, and I I give you several instances, I said, once you have gone through that filter process, what happens is that anywhere you go, somehow, something keeps pointing back to that. You know, it's as if this table is telling you the same thing. The fan is telling you the same thing. Are you understanding me? I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. That those things are happening doesn't mean that the intention will become an action. No. The process continues. There are many physical things that are explanations of how spiritual things happen. One of such physical things is how a woman gets pregnant and gives birth to a child. Anything can go wrong between the time she got pregnant and when the baby came. Are you understanding me? It's a process. So, a woman has conceived, but the baby grows inside. Amen. Until full term, then the baby is born. The process is the same about the intentions, glory to God, that come to you. They come like you conceiving in your heart. But where I want to focus on here is that as you receive such intentions... The role of getting clear pictures is your role. Hallelujah. As you keep feeding that intention, talking about it, someone made a statement about wealthy people. He said that the thing, the difference between a rich man and a poor man is that the rich always talk about what they want. The poor always talk about what they don't want. Did you hear me? The poor always talk about what they don't want. I don't tire for this life. I don't want to do it. The rich don't talk about what they don't want. They talk about what they want. So the rich are operating in faith. Amen. Calling those things that be not as though they were. Not calling those things that were as though they were not. Amen. Are you understanding me? What it means is that point. They are talking about, they are saying let there be light. Right? And shouting darkness go. Amen. Are you listening to me? They are saying, let there be light. Some of you, you are not saying, let there be light. You are saying, all this darkness, move. All this darkness. Every day is darkness you are seeing. And it's darkness you are talking about. Rather than calling forth light. Let me put it another way. I will not be broke again. I will not be broke tomorrow. I will not be broke today. Why can't you just say, I'm prospering today. Amen. Doors are opening for me today. Are you getting the picture? Alright. So, Intentions grow as you feed them. What are you feeding intentions with? All right, that's what makes that picture. You can have an intention, and uh, uh, you know, and 
you, you, you feed it. You feed it. I, I, I just occurred to me that that's another long part. You feed the intention. And one of the ways we feed intention, back again, is still prayer. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I now know that this is Lord, I ask for clarity on how to go about this matter. Then, he will start leading you to people, material, I'll talk about knowledge. Leading you to the knowledge that you require for that intention to be born. Amen. Most of the time, you know, it's just like somebody says, I have an impression of, of, of to build an airport. If you've never seen an airport, you won't have a picture of how an airport should be. Are you understanding me? Are you with me? If you understand the processes the Holy Ghost takes in your life to bring you into something, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. That there are some movies that landed around you. It's not about entertainment. The Holy Ghost wanted you to see something in that movie. Are you understanding me? That's why you see that most of the presidents of the United States, when they were children, they shook hands with a former president. Are you understanding me? He was 8 years old, 12 years old, he shook hands. That's when the intention entered his heart. Are you with me? The presidency is no more far for him. Are we together? Ah, I've met a president before. They are human beings. The fear that the other man has about presidency, he doesn't have it. Am I communicating? So, when you are feeding the intention, what God starts doing to you is that he starts helping you have a picture. Somebody might start discussing with you about something and mention that thing you want to do and paint one side of the picture. Are you understanding me? You know how a picture is painted, you know? Let's suppose we are painting this fade to fade now. It doesn't just appear at once. You might start shading the black side, shading the black side. If someone comes, he won't see the full picture of what you are painting. Because what he's seeing is just this top area. Okay? And that person might just come again and say, ah, um, let's, um, my friend just came in from uh, um, Gabon. Let's go and visit him. You go to his house, and as you're in his house, you see a picture on the wall. It's another part of the picture that's adding to your picture. Are you understanding me? Now, how fast that picture forms is dependent on how yielded you are to the Spirit of God. For some, the process of imprinting a picture on your mind, the Holy Ghost goes ahead and gives you what they call a vision. Amen. For some, it might not be a vision. But for some, I call that, that for me, that was like fast forward. God gives you a vision. Amen. So that means God has given you a picture. So you say, I, I just had this vision. I saw myself in so so place. So the, that means the picture is complete. Are you understanding me? It is that picture that the Holy Ghost animates. If that picture has not formed, the process has not entered the next level. Are you understanding me? Yeah. That's why when you have people that want to build a house and they have the artwork of the house kept on the table, it will happen faster. Amen? It will happen faster. It will happen faster. Now, in the process of goal setting, we talked about, or we have mentioned about writing your goals, right? We've said about that. Now, people that have a way of 
bringing out that picture they have inside them on the outside, either by writing or by artwork or by craft, whichever way that works for you. Or people, some people do 3D image or something. It depends. You might not have all the facilities to do that, but some of you can write out the picture you have in your mind. This is what I see about this. You write out the picture. That is a giant step forward. Amen. There are some intentions that will die within a man because he never allowed it find expression. Glory to God. My key scripture, I've not even got to my key scripture. My key scripture is 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11, message translation. 2 Thessalonians 1, 11. Message. Glory to God. It will come up. Now, it's important for you to recognize that. When you have a picture, you are ahead of someone that doesn't have a picture. When Habakkuk, in chapter 2, said, he said, I will go up the tower to see what he will say to me. You remember that scripture? Now, let me ask a question. It's supposed to say, I will go and hear. Did you, did you get that? I will go and hear what he will say to me. Well, if I go somewhere, somebody's going to talk. It's not to hear what he say. He said, no, no, I'm not going to hear it. I am going to see what he will say to me. That means what is said should be seen. I'm going to see what was said to me. And then you know what the Bible says? And God responded that we say, right division. Amen. That means, it's a vision he got. That picture inside you, write it. Amen. Write it. I can take off my jacket and we'll sit here about writing. See, after. Amen. Let me tell somebody, write the vision. You know, because some things are so simple, that's why nobody does them. Amen. You know that? Some things are so simple, that's why nobody does them. Do you know if you have even told people about salvation and you tell them that, look, you want to be born again? You say you want to be born again? Ah, it's not today, it's not today. Alright, now, you have to take a bus straight to Sambisa, alright? When you go to Sambisa, you turn right. 
Many people have gone there. But he said, just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess him as Lord and say, we say, ah, just like that. The big things, God is not a wicked God. The big things that change our lives require simple steps most of the time. And that's why they are ignored. Amen. If you don't want to be fat, don't eat. Simple. Amen. Very simple. Amen. Why will you eat and then go and jog? Then go and eat and go. Don't just eat. Amen. Why are you suffering yourself? You are, doing, are you understanding? So, write the vision. He said, write the vision. Then he said, make it plain. A vision you wrote that even you don't understand. If you write the vision and it is confusing to you, it's a problem. He said, make it plain upon the tables that he may run that read it. What it means is that if someone is in a distance running, he can see the bold imprints of that vision. It's clear. It means the picture is clear to you. I love the story about Walt Disney. Walt Disney, founder of all the Disney parks around the world. He had died by the time, I think it was Florida, the one they opened in Florida. I'm not sure which of the cities now. He had passed on at that time. And his friend was with the wife and made a statement and said, how I wish Walt was here to see this. And the wife answered, I said, he saw it. Said, eh? No, no, he saw it. He, he was living inside this place before we came. That means that everything is exactly how he said. Write the vision. Don't just say, oh, this year I see I'm seeing uh, big things happening. What, what define big things? What does big things mean? Some of us always use scriptural terminology to confuse ourselves. Say, this year I'm seeing the glorious Lord doing glorious, mighty, awesome, wonderful things. What does that mean? Please break it down. What is glorious to that man might not be glorious to you. So, writing the vision means that you are in clear details. Someone else that lives in this world that reads that can understand the picture that you are painting. I have a problem with abstract acts. I feel that abstract, you know, as abstract act, you know what I mean. So just come and just, it could just be like, yours is left hand, just do like this, do like this, do like this, keep it. Then everybody will come and say, well, it looks like, um, um, you know, the world was a chaotic mass, but out of it has emerged. <laughs> and that person will come and say, well, what it actually means is that, you know, 
life is progressive. Everybody is giving their definition. Are you understanding? Even the person that drew it does not know what it means. Your vision should not be abstract art. Amen. Are you understanding me? Where everybody that comes is giving their own interpretation to you. No, there should be one interpretation. Amen. And it should be in the writing so that anyone that sees it is giving the same interpretation. So write the vision, make it play upon the tables. That he may, anyone that sees it understands it. You are a husband, you have a vision for a project. Even your wife does not understand it. That is a problem. If the closest person to you does not understand it, that's a problem. Now, where we are, we are progressing to is that the intentions in your heart have become pictures. That's where we are now. They have become pictures. But the picture has a written description. Amen. That's the easiest one for everyone to do. A written description. There are some people that are better off. They can even do a, an image of it. All right? But your own, it has a written description. A written description. It doesn't mean that that written description, over time, maybe there won't be adjustments made because, let me just say something about vision. God can give the same thing to two people to do, but they will not deliver it at the same magnitude. Did you hear me? God can tell brother A, go and feed people in that community. And he will carry a cooler of food and go and feed eight or ten people and come back feed the eight and ten people. The same thing God will tell Brother B. Go and feed people in that community. And he will bring United Nations to the community. Are you listening to me? The, the vision is the same, they are feeding people. But both of them didn't deliver it the same way. Amen. They finally found my scripture. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11 message translation. So I'm just telling you. So. Uh, leave it there. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11 message translation. Don't worry. Just leave it like that. You know 11 is not part of the verse. Amen. I hope you know that. You know I read the story about Charles Spurgeon. He was talking about how he's so angry with the man that divided the scripture into chapters and verses. He said he did a bad job. That he chopped it like a piece of wood. Amen. Without any care. <laughs> but I could understand that. You know, the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses. And somebody decided, make it chapters. Another person decided, Maybe many years after. Let's put it in verses for reference sake. It has helped. But now we are the ones that should know when we are reading. 
that it was not written in chapters and verses. Are we together? Like Isaiah 53 starts by saying, who had believed that report. That's not where it's supposed to start from. Amen. That's not where it's supposed to start from. And if you didn't understand that, that's not where it's supposed to start from. It would have started from Isaiah 52. Glory to God. From verse 13 or thereabout. Where it's talking about his servant shall deal prudently. Amen. Alright? Then it went further and then says, who had believed that report? And you read it like that. I say, eh, eh, that, I know what they are talking. So, 11 is not part of the... Say, 11 because, amen. Are we together? So just follow the, the, the words. Leave the figures. So, let's read together. I want to go. Because we know this extraordinary day is just ahead, we pray for you all the time. We pray for you all the time. Pray that our God will make you fit. <laughs> pray that he will fill your good ideas and act of faith with his own energy. So that what? Praise God. Your good ideas. Say my good ideas. That means there are bad ideas, right? Now you filter those intentions in prayer. Those good ideas and acts of faith, God will fill it with his own energy. If not, it will amount to nothing. That means that I can have good intentions. I could step out and start acting on intentions. But if God doesn't fill those intentions with his own energy, they will amount to nothing. Now let me tell you one secret. There are two core things about moving intentions to actions. One major path is the prayer, the prayer process. Amen. Prayer process. And some of you have gotten that. Prayer. Someone asked me, say, um, um, what did, I said maybe I said prayer likely is fifty percent. Amen. But why I'm saying prayer is fifty percent is that there are many things you are praying about. We started with praying to be sure of the intention, and then praying until that picture is clear. Amen. Okay. But now don't stop at prayer. The scripture we just read talked about acts of faith. Ever say acts of faith. No matter how intention is. If there are no acts, it will never materialize. You agree with me? There's something someone said. I just want to read it to you. You know, it really blessed me. Some, some guy many hundreds of years ago. And he said it this way. He said, The smallest deed is better than the grandest intention. Did you hear that? The smallest deed is better than the grandest intention. That means that you can have a grand intention, but no action. Hallelujah. So, where I want to end this is how we take the actions. Amen. Now, understand something, you know. Um, people are different. Different people have different personality types. Some people are very spontaneous. And then some people are very laid back. Now, if you're a spontaneous person, likely the challenge you always have is that you're in front and God is following you behind. Are you understanding me? Did you hear me? You know, you're already rich. Then God says, where are you going? 
Then some people are very laid back. God has to tell them something 20 times before they finally move. I will together. But in Psalm 32, 8, it says, Be ye not as the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. You use the horse to explain those that run ahead. And use the mule to explain those that run far, far behind. Amen. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons. Amen. That means that we can be at peace with God. You are not running ahead of Him. You are not running far behind Him. You are walking with Him. Amen. Alright? Now, when the Bible talks about the acts of faith, it says so that your own good ideas and acts of faith will be filled with His own energy so that it will amount to something. It means that if God doesn't blow life into that action you are taking, it will not amount to nothing. We see an example of what happened in Genesis 11. Some of you know Genesis 11. They were building a city and a tower. Those people were pursuing an intention that was contrary to God's plan. Are we together? Oh, we saw them put all business principles together. They saw them put organizational principles together. To the extent that they were actually achieving it. They were building the city. That means they had the picture the picture was clear. They had teamwork. Everybody was on point. God himself said, this thing which they've imagined to do, nothing shall be restrained from them. That means that they are unstoppable. Where they have entered now, they've put everything to work. The Bible said, God himself came down to see what they were building. And then, God scattered their language. Amen. As scripture said. And that's why that project was never completed. Are we together? That means that God wants your own project to be completed. Amen. There is an impute. There is life he breathes into what you are doing that makes it amount to something. Now, faith is an act but not all acts are faith. Did you hear me? Faith is an act, is an action. Is an action, is an act. But not all acts or actions are faith. That means that there are some actions that people take. They are not acts of faith. They are acts of pressure. Some are acts of desperation. Some might even be acts of fear. But when we want our intentions to become actions, we must ensure... Now, I believe I'm talking to people that are, are conscious of betting God's plan. Amen. Okay? That the acts we're taking are acts of faith. You see, if you are working on a project, alright? The best you will always do... The, the, the good thing you do for yourself is always be around where you hear the gospel. Be around where you hear the message of God's word. Did you hear me? If you're working on a project. I hear some people say, I'm working on a project this period. So I've not been going for programs. I've not been listening to messages. That's a, a wrong move. Amen. A wrong, that's the, the that, that's, it's, it's a contrary move. If you're working on a project, expose yourself more to the hearing of God's word. Because there is no other way faith comes. Did you hear me? So that you are not propelled to action 
based on circumstances. You are propelled to action based on a word that came from God. Now remember that uh, two scriptures I want to mention. One is in Luke chapter 5. The Bible told us about how Simon Peter was on, he had his boat. And then he had told all night. That means that at this point now, Simon Peter had used all the fishing skills. Um, tried the throw home, the throw. Tried the second method, he tried. Tried this. All the things he learned in fishing school. I just tell me, he has used all his principles. And the Bible says he caught nothing. Listen to me. This year, it will not be your story that you caught nothing. Amen. Amen. No, 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 no. It will not be your testimony. It will not be written that you caught nothing. Now, you cannot say that Simon did not know what he was doing. No. Simon did his best. He went to the limits of what human effort could deliver. And nothing came out of it. He caught nothing. Then Jesus came. Amen. Jesus came. Thank God Jesus came. And then Jesus said, let down your nets for a drought. I love what he said. He said, we've told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. That means that my action is prompted by your word. This year, your actions will be prompted by God's word. That's why I tell you, you are a pastor, you are a minister. Listen, constantly feed on God's word. You are working on the project, increase the number of times you listen to God's word. Amen. It could be in your car, it could be on, with your earpiece, whatever. You are listening to a message, then something will drop. That impetus for action will come through God's word. Amen. If not, what will happen is that you have good intentions. But what prompted you to act on it was not the word of God. You know, and there are many things that can prompt you to act. Competition can even make you prompt you to act. You want to start a shop. You're just thinking, thinking. Then I say, one other shop wants to start. So let not start before me. Let not start before me. You go and start. No, it's not about who started before you. No, it's not about who started before you. So you stop allowing pressure competition, circumstantial issues to prompt you to do and you see, there are quite a number of us here that have very good intentions spirit led intentions but what happens most of the time is that we act not prompted by God's word Amen so that act was not an act of faith but it was an act so you want to say now but ah, God told me to do it now why didn't it work? Amen why didn't it work? Now, do you think that if Moses had come a week before and stretched his rod over the Red Sea, it would have parted? No, it would not have. It would not have. Now, stretch your rod and divide the sea. He stretched his rod. That was the time. Amen? If, if Peter had attempted to walk on water before Jesus told him to come, would have read about his burial in the scriptures. Are you understanding me? There was a now time when that prompting from God's word came. He saw Jesus walking. He said, if it is you, bid me to come. He knew something about that. My response must be stirred by faith in that word that is spoken to me. Then he said, come. He started walking on water to go. Amen. Because a word has come. Come. 
your word will come. And some of you, meetings like this is what now that word comes to you. You know? There are things that I thought maybe I would do later. Then I'm listening to God's word. The faith to act comes at the moment. Are you understanding me? Then I step out. Oh, I thought maybe it would happen next year. Maybe I thought it was going to happen next uh, few months. Then it happens now instead. Are we together? So, if there are habits, there are many habits that we as ministers and Christians should develop. And one of the habits is listening to God's word. Hallelujah. Hearing the word is a habit. It's a habit that a believer, a minister should develop consciously. Some people have a habit of just listening to music. Are you understanding me? No, 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 no. Create a habit of listening to God's word. It will help you a great deal. It will help you a great deal. Believing that all other habits are in place, but listening to God's word. As you keep listening to messages, what you discover happening to you, let me tell you one thing that will happen to you. You discover that the intentions that come to your heart, you're acting more on them because you're listening to messages. Someone could just be telling a story, saying something, boom, faith comes. Hallelujah. You step out. Let me go to my Isaiah 60. I'll, I'll stop there. But today, Isaiah 60, verse 1. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Are you there? In this scripture, I see the principle and I see the right motivation for action. Hallelujah. Let's read together. I want to go. I want to show you something. Is someone getting blessed? Is this helping anybody? Now, sometimes we read some scriptures, we don't um, get the premise of that word or statement that is made, you know, what it was built on. So I want to show you that. Let's read the scripture again. One to go. Now, um, the instruction to arise and shine had come because of the discussion that went on before Isaiah 60. So I want to show you the scripture. In Isaiah 59, all right, verse 9, I'll show you something. You, you will appreciate the scripture better when you see it. So, Isaiah 59, verse 9. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 9. Good. Let us read it together. I want to go. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither does justice overtake us. We wait for light. Hey, did you see that? We wait for light. But behold, obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. That means that these people are waiting for lights. When it says judgment and justice, that means that God's mandate, what God wants executed, we are still far from it. Amen. It has not yet happened. Why? Because we are waiting for light. Glory to God. We are waiting for light. Okay. Now in chapter 60, he now says, hey, the light has come. Amen. Why are you still waiting? Are you getting the picture? Is the scripture clear now? Why are you still waiting? Arise. Shine. The light has come. Amen. 
Okay, but where are we going with this? Go as 60 verse 1. Now, you might have heard me, I have a message titled, After the Light, you, you, you get more on that from this. But let me just show you how it applies to actions here. You see, there's a way King James English is spoken. Um, sometimes King James English is spoken in such a way that the consequence is mentioned before the action. Are you understanding me? But in English, I say, um, I could say, I, I was, I am going to eat so that I'll be full. King James would say, Thou art full because thou hast eaten. Are you understanding me? Are you getting the picture now? Okay. So now this scripture was arranged that way. Now when he said, Arise and shine, he said, Because your light has come. Amen. In actual fact, it should be said this way. Now that your light has come, arise and shine. Amen. Did you get the picture? Now, what it means is this. That when you want to translate intentions to actions, there is a moment that you wait for light. Through God's word, light will come. Amen. And when light comes, what it means is that Every other object that's involved in that vision is ready to respond to you. Now, arise. Amen. Amen. I, when I thought on this in After the Light, I was explaining, I was using it within the context of explaining works. I would say works. The word works, W-O-R-K-S, is used in different ways. And I talked about three kinds of works in the, in the New Testament. The first one is, I'm just putting in the other because of what I'm teaching. The first one is works of service. Amen. When you are serving the Lord, is the Bible calls it, say, for God is not unrighteous. Hebrews 6.10, to forget your work and labor of love. Amen. Which you have showed towards his name. Amen. So, that's talking about service. Christian services. A work. Are we together? Then there's the work where the Bible says that for by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. He's talking about actions in the flesh. Amen. Are we together? Works. Works. Another word for it is self-effort. Everybody say self-effort. Now, when you are translating intentions to actions, you will make sure that it's not self-effort. Did you hear me? And I gave you an example of self-effort. Hey, they want to start before me. You step out and start. That's self-effort. It will never bet God's purpose. Amen. That's self-effort. But there is another works in which James talked about. He said that, look, he put it this way. He said, faith without works is dead, being alone. He's not talking about self-effort. He's calling works their corresponding action. Amen. Faith without corresponding action is dead, being alone. That means that this arise shine he's talking about is talking about corresponding action. Arise there is the corresponding action you are taking because the light of God's word has come to you. Amen. You hear stories of maybe Bishop David or someone say, I was reading this book, I was listening to something. And then I suddenly shouted, I shall never be poor. 
That was corresponding action. Amen. He's arising because of light that has come to him. Are we together? That means that action they are going to take now is because of light. I, I remember a pastor, you know, he shared his testimony with me personally. We flew from Abuja to Lagos. You know, he was here four or five years ago. I can't remember exactly here now. Four or five years. That's the first time I invited Pastor day. So he was here. And he, he said he was at a phase in his ministry where, man, something has to happen. He's waiting for something. Then he came for the program. And Pastor was teaching. His light came. Amen. His light came. As it came, Pastor shared a testimony. The exact testimony he shared is what he ran with. Are you understanding me? So, he took the uh, messages and the, the word that came to his heart and went out and started holding some kind of special meetings in his city. And the city started responding to him. Now, let me explain to you. He would have done that a month before. It would not have worked. He is arising because his light has come. Are you understanding me? And then he was sharing that with me. He said, look, Pastor, he was just saying, I've not had the opportunity to thank you for that program, but as I ran with that, look at what has been going on. He's only sharing things that have been going on. We were together for some time. He was just sharing all that happened. That's a typical example of someone arising. Amen. When you come for meetings like this, it's light you're looking for. Amen. Are you understanding me? It's light you're waiting for. It's light. That spark for action. Amen. Amen. That thing that will make all other actions you take amount to something. Amen. So, a lot of times in ministry, you see people start out projects, but their light has not come. When we're fasting and praying about something, is that word from God we're waiting for? Amen. That goal that we're waiting for. Now. Yes. And then we step out. And just like everything was waiting since. Just like all the fishes were already there. They were not. No, 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 no. Say, let down your net for a drought. Then it's as if the fishes went to call the other. Say, it's time. Let's follow this man and go. Amen. But in that same river, with the same boat, with the same nets, he caught nothing. I'm saying to you today, you will use the same boat in the same river with the same nets and your results will be different. Because your light has come. Amen. Are you listening to me? You will use the same boat, you use the same nets and in the same river and you will catch what you've never caught in that place before. In the name of Jesus Christ. Bishop T.D. Jakes was sharing a testimony. He said, look, he said all these messages that are making waves, you know, women that lose, all those kind of things. He said, I have preached all these messages to my congregation. I've preached them. You understand that? But when the time came, amen, he noticed that the same message now is a book, now is a, is a movement. Are you understanding me? Light has come. Glory to God. Light has come. And for most of you here today, you are hearing this because light is coming to your spirits. And you are moving from intention to action. Now, two things I want to round up with. No, one is, thank God for passion. You know, people can be passionate about something. The Bible talks about zeal. You know, Romans chapter 10 verse 1. He said, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. So someone can have zeal to drive what God has sent him to do. And that's passion. 
you can be passionate about that intention of yours. But there's one more thing that I want to help you with. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Largeness of hearts. Everybody say largeness of hearts. Say it again, largeness of hearts. Say it again, largeness of hearts. Okay, let's put it this way because we're using Bible English. Big thinking. Big thinking. Amen. Big thinking. Now, over in the body of Christ, if you have been listening to messages of people that are resonating with what the Spirit of God is doing, there has been so much talk about inheritance. Amen. And God's people doing more than what they are doing. You know, Big thinking is important. Very important. You can limit what God is bringing out of your life because of small-mindedness. And big thinking happens in two ways. One is spirit-led exposure. Two, impartations. Now, or visions and all that, impartations. I'll just summit impartation. Let me explain spirit led exposure. In the Bible, we have the story of Moses. Moses was an exceptional leader. You can't take that from him. Do you know, some of you, they tell you to just lead five people in your office, you are frustrated. Two million stubborn people. There is no leadership principle that Moses did not execute. It was from Moses that people understood the issue of uh, uh, delegation. Are you understanding me? Oh, Moses. But let me tell you what made Moses do some kind of things. You know, sometimes we tell stories, say, ah, Moses was a man of prayer. Moses was a meek man. So why did Moses succeed? He was a weak, meek man. No. There are many meek men that they think God, what they were doing in their life did not happen. One thing you can't take from Moses is that he was born in the house of Pharaoh. He had been around council of state meetings. He had seen how people in government think. That's where he was born. That was a spirit-led exposure. God purposely designed for him to be born in Pharaoh's house. When it was time to go back and rescue the people, he knew how to negotiate. Are you understanding me? You have to speak the language of those kind of people and go back and come and go and come. You can't take that from him. Amen. No, you can't take it from him. You can't take it from him. Are we together? 
I was talking to some group of young men, and I say that all the time. There are some of you that God organizes exposures for you, then you blow it. I talked to somebody, even a lady that got um, one of our people that got, this was years ago, she got access to someone in government to work with. And I called her, she said, Pastor, she was sharing testimony. I said, sit down. I said, look, go there and be a spiritual example. Amen. Don't go and do what everybody does. There are some of you here, maybe you get exposed to a commissioner or a governor. Then you reach there, you start bringing your church project for him to fund it. I said, God didn't give you that exposure for you to collect money. He's giving you the exposure for you to take your state in your heart. Are you understanding me? You could sell that birthright, alright? That right of exposure that God gave you. And get something less out of it. Instead of getting what God brought you in contact with that person for. Are you listening to me? Bill Gates didn't just wake up and take the whole world. As a young boy, his mother took him to Warren Buffett to be his mentor. Are you understanding me? Yeah. They are very close friends. Warren Buffett saw him grow. So Warren Buffett, he's already, are you understanding me? His parents were very um, educated and exposed. They were prominent people, biggest parents. So, the new Warren Buffett said, please raise my son for me. Amen. So, you could see where he's coming out from. Check all those people, whether Mark Zuckerberg, they are all connected in one way or the other. Are you understanding me? It's true. What that did to them was big thinking. Are you understanding me? Big thinking. You can have exposure or access to someone that the role of that person in your life, the person might never give you money. The person might never even give you any connection. His role in your life is to enlarge your heart. That's the person's role. And there's no better gift than that. But you know what happens? Some people get there and spoil it. And they blow it. And they try to change what the relationship is meant for. Listen, on this journey of destiny, big thinking, largeness of heart, is important for you. If not, when you bet things, your eggs will be small. The original eggs will, but they always be small. The other person will bet it, it will be big eggs. Have you not gone to buy an egg before? So eggs are small, some eggs are big. Are you understanding me? Largeness of heart makes your womb big. It will carry big, big eggs things. Amen. Are we together? So never forget that. So there are books. I don't know why some I, I Sometimes I watch some things, you know, documentaries. I watch things. Some of my wife say, why are you watching this thing? She asks, why are you watching this thing? You know? Then I say, okay, is this da, 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 da. Because see, eh, anything that helps you break out of the limits of where you function in is a blessing to you. That you are in Nigeria does not mean you should be limited by what's happening in Nigeria. Are you listening to me? No. 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 We're watching a documentary on how Dubai became a wealthy country. It's just somebody rising up. Are you understanding me? Somebody rising up. Fifty years ago, Dubai was not what it is now. No, it was not. It was not. 
So five years from now, what will happen with you? I said, what will happen with you? By the end of this year, what will happen with you? Alright? Listen, sometimes the reason why God disconnects you from some friends is that they are not allowing big thinking in your life. When you say, hey, I'm just thinking of this. They say, you, 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 you. Uh, are you understanding me? No, 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 you don't need that. You don't need that. Don't associate with people so that other people will respect you. Don't be the man that wants to be respected for what he intends to do rather than what he has done. Some people want to be honored for their intentions. Do you know I want to build a big thing? Respect me. No. So if you are, you know, some people say, I want to meet, you know, sometimes I want to meet this person. I want to meet this And there may be very important people that you might desire to meet. But ask yourself, what, what, what are you looking for? Do you know there are some people that it will be better you don't meet them? Some of you here, if you had met Paul, you would have dishonored him. Paul himself said it. When people saw the physical Paul, they said, ah, now the man be this. Yeah. Is he, is he, is he, yeah. But when they read his letters, they'll be shaking. Kai! They'll be shouting. There's some point you hear their tapes, you'll be like, God! When you meet them, say, ah. Then stop meeting them, just be hearing their tape. Amen. Because the problem is your problem. It's your problem. Are we together? Ever say big thinking. Say again, big thinking. Say again, big thinking. Now, you know, this evening, I, I believe that will be along those lines. This thing about big thinking, eh? Ha. Huh. When you start getting irritated about some things around you, there's nothing like say, I have big thinking, then you are still comfortable with mediocrity. It's not true. When big thinking has happened, you will be you will be irritated about some things. Are we together? You will be irritated about some things. So let me stay on course. You have spirit-led exposures. Hallelujah. Spirit-led exposures. It means that God will arrange. And permit me to say this to you. Some of those spirit-led exposures might not look religious. Amen. Did you hear me? It might not look religious. How many of you know Rick Warren? Pastor Rick Warren. Purpose Driven Church. Purpose Driven Life. Yeah. That man... I don't know some people just don't understand. It's a blessing to the body of Christ. But you know, many people didn't understand what happened with that man. There are impartations in his life he talked about. There's a minister called Chriswell, who was a Baptist preacher that had the largest church, you know, in the time when um, Recording was a young man. And he prayed and ministered to him. So he had been around someone with the largest church already. Are you understanding me? In his early days, the thing has entered his heart. Then, when he was looking for a mentor, 
He was led. Do you know who his mentor was? Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker is a management expert. Management consultant expert. Many people didn't know he was born again. He was born again. Amen. He died at the age of 90. Some of you have read Peter Drucker's materials. All right? Yeah. Now, that was his mentor. So, imagine him sitting with Peter Drucker. And Peter Drucker will maybe will quote a scripture from Proverbs and explain it using Apple. Like, then Apple was not there. Let's assume. You explain it using uh, um, one of the American enterprises or companies, maybe General Electric. All right? To explain to a small pastor. See, in General Electric, this is how we do. Big thinking is happening to him. When he was going to translate church, he was not thinking of doing church the way he came out from that church in his village. Are you understanding me? No, 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 no. Big thinking has happened to him. That relationship was not a religious-looking relationship. If in that time they told you that Peter Drucker was his mentor, you say, how can a pastor have that kind of mentor? It was even in the latter years of Peter Drucker that people knew he was saved. Amen. Many people didn't know he was saved. How he was helping businesses grow. There are many management theories that came from him. And they are scriptures in modern language. Amen. Am I communicating? So as you are hearing this, God will give you spirit-led explosion. He will order your steps to places where big thinking will start happening to you. Glory to God. Materials will come to you. Documents will come to you. Are you understanding? There are some of you that have some books or some materials. It's God that made that material come to you. Pastor Sam Ademi. Um, now, what they do now is that in Lagos, they say Bishop Eribo is not in Lagos. Are you understanding? Me? No, Bishop is in Ota. So, for the other pastors to have space, they say he's not in Lagos. So, they say, we in Lagos. Pastor Sam Adem is the largest church in Lagos. Bishop is in another world. Amen. Sinota. Alright, so apart from Bishop Rigo, Sam Adem is church perhaps the largest church. Maybe they're clocking fifty thousand now. Alright, we've been over thirty thousand for years. Now, what changed his life? What brought big thinking? He was pastoring in the battle. Are you understanding me? Then he came to Lagos. He would have just been doing what he was doing before. But big thinking happened when two books he mentioned, but one, I'll just mention one, was when they gave him Rick Warren's book. Are you understanding me? He took it. And he said he knew that the moment had come. Amen. Are we together? It put something inside of him. And the same way things are coming inside of you. Some of them might come through books. Some maybe two pictures. Pastor Chris Oyakilome, great, great man of God. Some people don't know where he's coming from. That's the challenge. Some people don't understand. That man perhaps is one of the greatest gifts that God gave to our generation. But many don't understand. Big thinking didn't start today. In his younger days, long before he was 20, he worked with Archbishop Benson Daosa arranging his library. He was arranging his books in his library. Are you understanding me? 
he worked in the library session he had access to materials that his mates read 20 years after are you understanding me so big thinking had already happened by the time he was entering the university according to him he already knew what exactly he wanted to do in ministry it was a spirit led and that's why he can stand up two years ago or so he gave Benson Dalsa University one billion naira saying thank you for the seed you planted in my life so 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 years ago and he has given them the money one billion Amen. Are you listening to me? Big thinking. Big thinking. You go and mention anybody, they will tell you where it started. Where it started. Is it Richard Branson? He said he read a little book. Small is beautiful. I think that was the title of the book. Big thinking. Are you understanding me? Big thinking. So, you will enjoy those spirit led exposures, bringing you to a place where that thing you are doing, you will not do it the way you wanted to do it. Amen. It will come out bigger in the name of Jesus Christ. There are some places that people take you to, it's just to expose your mind, broaden you. That's why I see something. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith faith online.org.